What is the digital economy? What does digital mean? Strategic How far can the digital economy go? Hi, this is Marek Korkwitz, Professor and Chair in Digital Economy at QUT. And uh, today I'm with Dr. Paula Dutson, a member of our team. Good to have you with us, Paula. Thanks, Marek. Good to be here. Paula, you shared something super exciting very recently at uh, uh, one of our Slack channels uh, in the team. It was about John, Han- Han- John Hancock, the insurance company in the US. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so they came out in the media announcing that they were no longer going to underwrite traditional life insurance policies. And they're talking about getting customers to bring their data, so like smart devices, Fitbits, uh, so that they can have some interactive policies. All right, so, so really following us, um, uh, watching every step we take, uh, getting the data and, and then spitting out uh, insurance premiums saying, hey, you've done something wrong and it's going to go up or you've done something good and it's going to go, go down. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Changing the different discounts and premiums that are available to customers based on what they're doing in their everyday life. And they call it uh, interactive policies. Yes. All right, so that's a new type of a new, a new type of policies. Uh, it's an I think it's an interesting trend, and we see it a lot with uh, with, with some other organizations as well. Uh, something that I guess we could call interactive business models, right? So business models that um, adapt based on data from customers. Yeah, so the customers can put in different data based on what kind of business they're interacting with and then have a service that's delivered to them that's more personalized Mm. to their activities. Okay, so let's talk about life insurance. Let's talk about the likes of John Hancock. What could go wrong? Well, as Dr. Deviance in the team, I can think of a million things that can go wrong. All right. What if in real time they start decide to terminate your policy or they update some terms and conditions in real time and then all of a sudden you have a new pre-existing condition that you didn't have before. Wait, what, what do you mean? So I go for a run and I, you know, there's this really tough hill and in the middle of the tough hill, I'm getting a message from my insurance uh, insurer saying, hey, your, your premiums are going up. Is that what you mean? Yeah, or even this is crazy. you're no longer covered because it looks like you're about to have a heart attack. All right. Okay. So you could probably, you know, trying to, to stay on the positive side, you could probably promote good behavior among your customers, right? So if you're going for a run, make sure you're not killing yourself, right? Sure, that's definitely going to promote some more positive, healthy behaviors. Got it. And they did have some Mm -hmm. ideas around that at John Hancock. They were talking about maybe taking nutrition classes or maybe there's some minimum standard of fitness for you to engage in. All right. Okay, that that sounds Orwellian. Uh, What is pre-existing condition in in the times of real-time insurance? What is pre-existing well, nothing can be pre-existing if it's happening in real time because yeah. it exists in the moment. God. Okay, so so that basically is an interesting loophole for some of some of the insurers in this space. Uh, hmm. You could generate savings for the customers. I'm trying to rescue this business model. You could generate uh, uh, savings because suddenly, you know, the more information you have about. Um, the customers, the, the customers that share this information, they're not your average customers. So the ones who are actually healthier, they will possibly save because they're not subsidizing the less healthy ones. Yeah, definitely. 
And there, this doesn't just apply as a business model for insurance. Um, in terms of health behavior, it could be in terms of you know, that increasing or decreasing risk. So I know you like to talk about how you could have dynamic pricing for home and contents insurance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so this this would also apply for for situations. Speaking of home contents, where let's say I have a, a, a Friday evening party, and suddenly my home contents insurer says, "Well, for this Friday evening party, your premiums going to go up." And maybe if I'm lucky enough to be invited to that party, maybe my premiums go down because I'm not there to destroy my own home with All other right. people. Right. Or maybe it'll go up because maybe someone's about to rob me. Maybe if Paula is at my party, actually my home contents insurance does not go up. The premium does not go up simply because the insurer knows that she will make sure that everyone's behaving. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a responsible party guest, just like I could be a responsible driver. Mm -hmm. So we already see this with car insurance. If they know that I'm a, I'm a good driver, it means that my premiums are going to go down. And maybe they can tell that not just by me saying I'm a good driver, but because there's some device where my car is sharing information with the insurer. All right. So I have this small device in my car. It's called Automatic. Uh, it's um, uh, connected to the, the computer in my car and it's collecting all of the information about my behavior. So, so what you're saying is suddenly my, my now car insurance provider could say, hey, Marek, you're speeding. If you do it uh, twice more today, your premium is going to go up, right? So again, we live in this world where, where our behavior is being shaped by those interactive business models. Yeah, definitely. So what does that mean? That means that as a customer, I would have, what, bring my own data to this business model for it to function? Give me an example. Well, if we're sticking with the health insurance, maybe, maybe I've got to bring my own data to a doctor so that it can make a better decision for me. So I have uh, smart scales uh, in my bathroom. I have a continuous heart rate uh, monitor on my wrist. Uh, and I have a probably probably a few other devices at home. What you're saying is uh, my next visit to a GP, I would say, hey, here's a USB, or oh, actually not a USB, right? Here's a link to, uh, to all of my data. Um, just preview my health. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I have some pretty unique uh, food challenges of what I can and can't eat. So when I go shopping Coles online, there's already a tab for bought before and I can fill my cart with stuff I bought before. Imagine if I could bring my own health data to a retailer and they could say, oh, you actually can only eat these certain items, so we're only going to fill your cart with those. Mm -hmm. And ordering a pizza would mean, hey, here's a list of ingredients that should not end up on my pizza, for instance. Or if they do, maybe your insurance premium will go up. <laughs> got it, got it. So is there a, is there a power shift uh, happening uh, here? Are customers becoming more powerful in their choices? Or actually, is it the, the retailers, the service providers who are becoming more powerful in this world of, of interactive business models? I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I feel more empowered if I can bring my data and get a more personalized service for me. But then is that opening me up to more risk? Because then I've got to assume that the retailer or the doctor or the car manufacturer or whatever is going to actually protect my information. Mm. So it was, a, it was an academic, uh, it depends type of answer, right? Of course. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So hey, let's talk about my health record. 
Is this one uh, in that space of bring your own data or is it in the space of someone else has my own data and, uh, and they manage it? Well, I think it's trying to bridge the gap between I bring my own data, but then maybe if I have to engage with another service provider in the health space, maybe I can take my own data from one GP to another or from my GP to my hospital. Just like I can take my mobile phone number from one provider and uh, port it to another provider. Yeah, exactly. There's not really an equivalent of that when it comes to data. Which reminds me when I was uh, trying to open up uh, a bank account uh, in US, uh, they had no history of, uh, of my financial transactions and I had to provide them with this history, which basically meant I had to go to every single bank that I worked with before, uh, print out all of the statements and then bring them this stack of, I don't know, two or 300 pages uh, to that, uh, the bank branch. And I, I'm pretty sure no one even looked at those pages. They just assumed, you know, a lot of pages. There's probably some okay history there. Yeah, that sounds a little bit redundant in the digital age. Did you actually print them out? Well, I'm not sure if you know, but in US you still write checks. Uh, speaking of redundancy in the digital age, yes, I did have to print it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the point, right? Uh, the, the take your own data. Uh, I think it's often more important than just bringing your own data. Uh, you know, we all are on LinkedIn and we generate this wonderful network of connections between people on LinkedIn. And this in itself is really the most important asset of a social network such as LinkedIn. Now I've created my own network. I cannot take it with me anywhere. anywhere. I cannot monetize this network, right? Someone else is making money on, uh, on this network that I've created. Yeah, you don't even see a dollar amount when that gets sold to a different company, but you've put in all the effort to make those connections yourself. Correct. I think the same thing when I'm trolling the iconic, I've probably seen every single item that they've sold, but because I spend so much time on there, I'm training their algorithm to tell me what size clothes I need, what clothes I like. What I would love to be able to do is actually take that data and that pop my portion of that algorithm to a different retailer so that they can give me more informed recommendations. Which basically means that uh, if we're talking about interactive business models, those organizations that implement interactive business models will also be interested in people porting their data, not just uh, like, the, like John Hancock, the insurer, collecting the data real time, but also um, the very first time they interact with the customer saying, hey, do you have any data somewhere else that we could port? Kind of what we do, uh, similar to what we do with our superannuation, right? If we switch to a, a, a new superannuation provider, they say like, hey, do you have any other superannuation fund? Can we help you consolidate all of that, right? So that sounds like a job of the future to me, if you ask me. I feel, I, I feel like this is, you know, a um, or maybe a new business model for an organization that basically collects all of your data from various sources and then allows you to offer that, that the data to a service provider. Well, I guess that's kind of like if I'm moving house, I'm going to hire a removal list so they can move my furniture from one location to another. Why can't a job of the future be a data removal list that mm. can take my data around to different service providers? And there could be data aid? Yeah, I guess, you know, in the age of trying to understand what your data is being used for or how it could be exploited. You know, we have legal aid for people to seek legal advice. Why wouldn't there be data aid? Dr. Deviance, John Hancock, 
the interactive policy approach, what deviant jobs would you imagine in this space? Well, I would definitely get you to run your marathons wearing my Fitbits because that you could be my health surrogate that I'll hire to collect healthy information about me. So John Hancock would never know that it's not you doing the sports and training every day, but you'd get the discounts. It would be a good business model for you know people around the world. Hey, make a few extra bucks just by just by being healthy. Yeah, right? just walk and around the block while I'm sitting at my desk. Paula, thank you very much for uh, this great conversation about uh, interactive business models. Thanks, Mark. That's it for this week on the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chair Digiconomy and visit our website at chairdigitaleconomy.com.au. See you next time.